From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Misty Winston Show here on today's News Talk. It's Friday. I'm very excited. It's Friday. Um, I need uh, a weekend, although it's not going to be much of a weekend. My kids have like 900 things planned, so I get to do that, which is fine, I guess. Um, Okay, so quick heads up about what we have coming up next week. Uh, Monday, we have Matt O'Brannon, who um, is an Assange activist from the UK. Um, He's fantastic. He's been on before. He's the guy that uh, uh, goes around in the Guantanamo orange jumpsuit um, and calls attention to what's happening to Assange, and I love him. He's so fantastic. Uh, On Tuesday, Matthew Errett's going to be here, our very own uh, TNT presenter. Uh, Kit Cabello is Wednesday from Hardlands Media. I love Kit. He's so much fun. Uh, He's one of my favorite people to rant with, so... um, uh, there will be rants on Wednesday for sure. Uh, Thursday, my pal David D'Amato uh, is going to be on. He has a new piece out, so we're going to be discussing that with him. You guys know I love David. He's um, a fantastic human being. And then Friday, uh, Brad Pierce will be back on. He also has some new work out that we're going to discuss. Um, so a really excellent week lined up for you next week. Make sure you tune in right here on TNT, 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, time change coming soon, though, so keep uh, keep that in mind. Okay, a um, couple quick updates on some stories that we have been talking about here, um, uh, mostly with Adam uh, during our new segments, but um, I wanted to give you updates on these. Um, So first of all, um, journalist Steve Baker uh, was led away in handcuffs today. So for his January 6th coverage. Um, So that happened, which is uh, insane. Um, Also, Catherine um, Harridge, who we have been talking about fairly extensively here uh, on the show, she has been, uh, uh, they have found her in contempt and she, uh, she's been given an opportunity to appeal. So, uh, but if, if she fails that appeal, she will then face a fine of $800 per day um, for every day that she does not reveal her source, which again is insane. But here's the thing, y'all. Um, I'm going to need MAGA to please uh, at least attempt some consistency here because there's a whole lot of people on Twitter uh, talking about, rightfully so, talking about the insanity of Steve Baker being led away into FBI custody in handcuffs for covering January 6th. Um, none of these people, including Steve Baker, have ever mentioned Julian Assange. Steve Baker's never mentioned Julian Assange, at least as far as I could look. Um, uh, I looked at his Twitter. I tried to look through uh, most of his reporting. I did searches on, um, uh, you know, all of the um, uh, Google and DuckDuckGo and all of those places, trying to find any kind of reporting that he has done on Julian Assange. Can't find anything. Um, and that's very frustrating to me because um, all this time we've been screaming at, especially journalists, to speak out in defense of Julian Assange. Obviously, obviously, they should be leading the charge on this issue. Uh, They're not. Um, Now, to be fair, uh, not all journalists are silent on this. There are a lot of really amazing journalists who have been very vocal in their support of Julian Assange. I can think of um, uh, Max Blumenthal and Aaron Matei, most uh, the entirety of Gray Zone. Um, they've been really great on this. Obviously, Glenn Greenwald has been a longtime supporter of Julian Assange's. Um, and there are others who are, are supportive of Julian Assange and who have been vocal supporters. Um, uh, for example, Max Blumenthal. I regularly organize events for Julian Assange in Washington, D.C. Max lives in the D.C. area. And if he is in in town, he shows up to my events every single time. We don't even have to question it as long as he is in town and available. 
Um, it doesn't matter if we have five people at our event or 5,000. He doesn't care. He shows up every single time. So, um, and, and I appreciate that. I really do. Um, it's it's uh, very frustrating to me, though, when, you know, somebody like Steve Baker gets taken away in handcuffs for covering a story like January 6th, um, and there's no consistency on that, right? And, and in fact, Steve Baker himself has never, uh, that, does, that doesn't justify him being arrested. I'm not trying to say that it does, but it is very frustrating to me to see that um, he has been completely silent on the issue of the prosecution of journalists, and now it's happening to him. And that's what we've been trying to scream for years and years and years. At first, they came for Assange. You think it stops there? Of course it doesn't. This, we are watching the Assange effect play out in real time. This is what is going to happen, and it's going to continue to get worse. And we've seen this um, kind of building over the last several years. Assange is now, um, it'll be five years in April, uh, which is insane. Insane that it is going to be five years since he was kidnapped from the Ecuadorian embassy uh, and taken to Belmarsh. Um, but in the five years, we have seen kind of this um incredible progression of attacks on the First Amendment and on journalism. Um, obviously, we've seen the there's been several stories that we've covered here of like really small town newspapers being raided um, and things like that, which is nuts. Um, uh, we've seen that happen in Australia, where ABC was actually raided over there. Um, uh, we've seen the Black Lives Matter uh, event where, uh, regardless of what you think of Black Lives Matter, the idea that journalists who were there to cover the protest were being um, photographed and their IDs were being photographed and they were being cataloged and all of that stuff. Uh, that's insane. So this is the natural progression of that. Uh, he should not be in FBI custody. He shouldn't be facing charges for his reporting on January 6th. Catherine Harrod should not be facing a potential $800 a day fine for not revealing her sources. She's not supposed to reveal her sources. But again, and Catherine Harridge, by the way, also didn't really talk about Julian Assange much. I was able to find three tweets um, uh, that she put out on January 4th of 2022, 2020, whatever day, 2020, I think, um, when the Judge Vanessa Brazer ruling came down um, uh, denying the extradition initially. Um, so she has not been very vocal either on the issue of Julian Assange. Very frustrating. If you are a journalist and you are not speaking out about what's happening to Julian Assange, I mean, here this is this is what happens. This is the Assange effect playing out in real time. So uh just makes me a little bit angry. And MAGA supporters, don't forget, uh, you're very angry about Steve Baker. You should be. Um, your guy is also the guy who had Julian Assange arrested, who had him spied on in the Ecuadorian embassy, and who developed plots to literally assassinate him. Be consistent, hold Trump accountable. That's all I'm asking. Um, okay, uh, don't forget you can follow me over on the tweeters at sarcasm stardust. Check out the substack, mistywinston.substack.com. Uh, write it for the guest of the day every day with links so you can find follow and support their work as well and shoot me an email misty winston at teen2radio.live uh guest idea show idea all that good stuff i love hearing from you uh and don't miss out on a thing be sure to download the tnt radio app um from either the apple app store or google play available on both for free uh so you can easily watch or listen live to us anywhere anytime that's how i listen uh and it's available again right now to download keeping you up to speed on today's news talk tnt Talk that matters. For once, we just need to do what's best for this damn country and not what's best for the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. The Wall Street Journal has published what it claims are details of a draft peace agreement discussed by Russia and Ukraine shortly after the outbreak of the conflict between the two countries in February of 2022. Very interesting here with this story. Joining me now is TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. So we've heard rumblings of this. It looks like Wall Street Journal is claiming that they have evidence for this supposed uh, peace agreement. Yeah. 
Well, as with most things, we'll never know the real truth. Um, but yeah, here, here's how Wall Street Journal started their piece. Uh, their first line was Russian President Vladimir Putin has in recent weeks publicly hinted that he would be open to discussions to end the war in Ukraine on Moscow's terms as Kiev's military momentum stalls. And then it claims that they had uh, access to a draft peace treaty that was peace treaty, excuse me, that was drawn up by Russia and Ukraine negotiators in April of 2022, approximately six weeks after the start of the war. They say it lays bare the sort of deal Putin was after at the time. So that's why they're doing this kind of a thing. Um, according to the outlet, Kiev's neutrality was among the key concessions that were demanded by Moscow. Uh, RT says that the alleged terms of the draft agreement uh, that the Wall Street Journal has detailed in its article, which they posted on Friday, by the way, uh, have not been officially confirmed by either Russia or Ukrainian officials. The Wall Street Journal claimed that the 17-page document dated April 15th, 2022, allowed Ukraine to seek membership of the EU, but not NATO. It also limited the size of Kyiv's military and confirmed Crimea as part of Russia, uh, according to WSJ. Uh, Kremlin Press Secretary Dmitry Peskov reached, uh, reacted to the report by saying that Moscow and Kyiv did agree on a draft peace treaty several weeks after the start of the fighting, but Russia does not want this document to be published. Peskov claimed that, quote, the entire negotiation process was terminated by the decision of the Ukrainian side on the order received from the UK, end quote, which is kind of what we heard uh, during the Tucker Carlson interview with Putin. Uh, Moscow and Kiev held talks in Istanbul in late March 2022, with the Russian side initially expressing optimism on the peace process. However, Russia later accused Ukraine of backtracking on all progress achieved in Turkey, saying it had lost trust in Kiev's negotiators. Media reports that then British Prime Minister Boris Johnson traveled to Kiev specifically to persuade President Vladimir Zelensky's uh, government to withdraw from the talks with Moscow were confirmed by Ukraine's top negotiator in Istanbul, uh, David Arak Amia in November. Uh, Bojo Johnson has denied any role in derailing the peace talks. No surprise there. Uh, Peskov uh, stressed that, quote, in March 2022, there were certain conditions on ground, but now there are different conditions and a different legal status of the territories that became regions of Russia that's written in the constitution of our country, end quote. Uh, the spokesman was referring to the People's Republics of Donetsk and Lugansk and the Kherson and Zaporizhia regions, which were officially incorporated into the Russian state in the fall of 2022 following referendums held in those areas. Kiev and its backers in the West have refused to recognize the results of those votes, labeling them a sham. No surprise. Uh, the Wall Street Journal claims that the draft peace deal did not address the issues of those territories. Their future was due to be discussed in direct talks between Putin and Zelensky, which never materialized, according to the outlet. The report said states such as the U.S., U.K., France, China and Russia were intended to become the guarantor guarantors of the peace agreement. Uh, Moscow also reportedly wanted the Russian language to be used by the Ukrainian government and courts on par with Ukrainian. However, Kyiv's negotiators declined to sign this 
clause. Uh huh. So yeah, a little tit for tat. Uh, so I don't know. Again, yeah. we'll never know the honest to God truth, Misty. But what do you think? No, but I mean, listen, we're never going to know exactly what went down. But we, I mean, really, since all of this kicked off, there's been rumblings about this. There's been rumblings about not just this potential peace deal, but several different attempts that were made at negotiating peace um, with different people interloping and trying to get involved. I mean, I think even the Pope was uh, um, rumored to have been involved in in an attempt at a peace negotiation. So I think that um, this is not surprising. I think it's very likely that this is... um, uh, at least partially true. Um, and uh, it's just, it's very frustrating to me, and especially uh, the Boris Johnson thing. I think that there is no doubt about it. Um, he can deny it all he wants. I think that there's, in, 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 this is just my opinion. I think there's no question that the US and the UK have been actively engaged at scuttling any attempts at peace deals in this situation uh, that have uh, uh, arisen. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, they, this is uh, a, a NATO war, it's a US UK war. This is, uh, as we've talked about numerous times, we are using the people of Ukraine, the country of Ukraine, as cannon fodder in a proxy war against Russia in an effort to weaken them uh, economically and militarily. Um, That is unbelievably obvious to me and has really been obvious for some time. I mean, as we saw, I mean, you can go to 2014 and that's fine. I think that's a great, um, you know, kind of modern day point to uh, to jump off from and to say this is where this kind of um, newest escalation really kicked off because I think that that would be accurate. But this is this goes back even further than that. So um, uh, and we've seen the likes of Victoria Newland and Samantha Power and um, John McCain and Hillary Clinton, all of the uh, John Kerry, all of these players have been involved for a very long time there there's always been the intention um to uh to, to create this kind of a conflict um and to do the, what we're doing now so i think that um there's no doubt that the us and the uk if there were any attempts at peace um uh, they would do anything that they could uh, to kind of jump in there and make sure that those didn't go through. But um, uh, you're right though we're never going to know legitimately unless there is some kind of whistleblower who's able to get source documentation, which, man, would I love to see that. Uh, uh, You know, WikiLeaks is not fully functional, but and obviously stay away from the intercept, as I said yesterday. If you are a whistleblower anywhere, Ukraine, Russia, United States, doesn't matter, stay far away from the intercept. Um, But if you are a whistleblower and you have access to that kind of documentation, I mean, uh, it would be great for the, the world to see that. I think that that would be very valuable um, uh, in exposing this kind of crap. But uh, for sure, I think that very likely um, we're not going to see that. I think that um, the uh, chilling effect on whistleblowing has been very effective. Um, and it's it would take a really a courageous person <laughs> to come forward with that information. So uh, this is, and also the Wall Street Journal. I don't trust the Wall Street Journal at all, not even almost. Um, so yeah, I don't, I think that there's probably some truth to this. Maybe there's um, a little bit of fabrication or embellishment or whatever. Uh, but I think that there's no doubt that the U.S in the UK have um, been active in attempts to make sure that there is no attempt at peace being made uh, between Russia and Ukraine. But what do you think, Adam? I agree with that statement right there. For your whistleblower scenario that you just laid out, they could always just go to Twitter uh, where they have freedom of speech, but not freedom (laughs) of reach. So they could probably be allowed to post it and then absolutely no one will ever see it. There you go. It's sad to say. Yes. 
Yeah, it's uh, sad but true. Thanks, Elon. Thanks, buddy. Your free speech is garbage, my friend. Uh, in fact, I just saw somebody who uh, uh, put out a tweet. Nothing in it was bad at all. Nothing in it was bad. Nothing in it was disparaging to anybody whatsoever. It was about Israel-Palestine. It was a Jewish person making the tweet, um, and she got a little warning. Uh, we've determined that your tweet is not suitable for all viewers or whatever that thing is. So, yeah, the freedom of speech, not reach thing is uh, gross. That is just an unbelievable uh, distortion of what actual freedom of speech is. But Elon loves to think that he's just the savior of free speech and that, um, you know, it, he even tweeted that little image where it was um, uh, like a, a really happy place. And then it was like this really awful place. And it was like freedom of speech. And then, I don't know, authoritarianism, or I think he said communism. Um, and he said, which way, Western man? And I'm like, my guy. <laughs> have freedom of speech here he's just so full of himself it's just embarrassing i'm literally embarrassed for him but there you have it all right adam thanks for bringing us this story we will talk to you again on monday have a great weekend my friend we will be back here on today's news talk tnt's chris smith some big news coming out of britain this morning with an mp an independent mp taking an entire dossier with whistleblowers to metropolitan police in london to show how crooked the British government was in pushing vaccines, despite the fact that they knew only too well from the contracts that they signed with Moderna and Pfizer, that they could be deadly down the track. And we now know how problematic they have been. Well above expectations, well above expectations. That's not me saying it, that is the latest mainstream study that came out of New Zealand last week. Chris Smith on today's News Talk TNT. While serving in Vietnam, a grenade took my ability to see. Today, I'm a sculptor, creating new visions. Now, my fingers are my eyes. As a veteran, I know the challenges of life can be great. In my art, turning a lump of clay into something beautiful, that means a lot to me. Life is like that. We each must use what we can to make things better. DAV helps veterans like Michael get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. Now, I show others how they can create something with their own hands. With support from DAV, more veterans can shape their lives into a thing of beauty. My victory is bringing beauty into the world. Michael Naranjo, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Our next steps to space. This time we go back to the moon to learn to live, to work, to invent, to create. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. So listen, I wanted to dive in a little bit deeper to this Catherine Herridge story because um, I feel like this is very significant. Obviously, it's something that I'm very passionate about. The protection of journalism uh, to me is um, vital. <laughs> I mean, it is legitimately vital. I think that a freedom of speech, press freedom, all of those things um, uh, are, are really what allows us to, I mean, just educate ourselves, have conversations, to be able to hold power to account, all of those things that anybody in a civilized society should be okay with. And I think that um, uh, the Catherine Herridge story in particular is um, disturbing just because it deals with source protection. Um, I am a big proponent of source protection. And we've seen the way that um, 
uh, I, I mean, we talk about the intercept, right? Uh, they have screwed over numerous sources and we see what happens to them. Uh, the likes of reality winner go to jail for five years and, uh, Daniel Hale, who exposed the drone program, um, which, uh, I would like to talk about him a little bit later on as well. Uh, his release date is potentially coming up as long as there's no shenanigans, um, in July. So I would like to talk about him a little bit, um, and just give you an update. And for those people who have not heard about him, cause he's not really talked about much, I think that that would be an interesting conversation, but, um, I'm going to read here from the dissenter, which by the way, um, I know I've mentioned the dissenter before I've mentioned Kevin Gastola before, um, but he is fantastic. He, um, is a, a longtime journalist. It's, uh, it's incredible how long he's been around. He looks like he's 12. I mean, he honestly does. I'm sorry, Kevin. I'm, I, I don't mean that to be offensive. Uh, he just looks very young, uh, but he's been around for a very long time and he's been covering things, um, in the whistleblowing and, uh, attacks on journalism world for a very long time. And in fact, he's been covering things like the Julian Assange case since before it was the Julian Assange case, all the way back to uh, Chelsea Manning's court-martial. So um, they do great work over there at the dissenter. Um, most of what he talks about and covers is regarding uh, press freedom and whistleblowers and things like that. So uh, head over to the dissenter.org um, and uh, check out his work, uh, support however you can, share the work. That's a big thing. Getting through the algorithm is obviously difficult in independent media. So um, he, uh, he, in his coverage of it, he says, a United States judge held former Fox News correspondent Catherine Herridge in civil contempt for refusing to reveal the identity of a confidential source who allegedly committed a Privacy Act violation against Chinese-American scientist Yang Peng Chen. The court imposed a fine of $800 per day until Herridge complies with the order, but stayed the decision to give Herridge an opportunity to appeal. Last August, Judge Christopher Cooper of the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia upheld a subpoena against Herridge. Cooper concluded that Chen had, quote, overcome the qualified First Amendment privilege in this case, end quote. Uh, Caitlin Vogus, a deputy Director of Advocacy at uh, Freedom of the Press Foundation, otherwise known as FPF, uh, said the court's order, quote, should disturb anyone who cares about press freedom, end quote. The court, quote, imposed a worryingly high fine on Herridge and threatened to revisit both the amount of the fine and its decision not to forbid others from funding Herridge's payment of the contempt sanction, depending on how things play out after any appellate proceedings, end quote, according to Vogus. Quote, the only reason Herridge defied the court's order is because the Court of Appeals refused to allow her to appeal until she'd been held in contempt. It's appalling that the court would treat Herridge in such a severe manner for simply following the, the instructions of a higher court, end quote. And again, that's from uh, Vogus there. Um, indeed, Herridge attempted to appeal the court's August decision, which upheld the subpoena, but the court refused to allow an appeal because there had been no contempt ruling. The D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals later agreed that Herridge could not appeal, which prompted an objection from the Reporters Committee uh, for Freedom of the Press, RCFP. Uh, quote, courts recognize that First Amendment harms can occur even before someone has actually been sanctioned for their speech. Uh, and this is from Emily Hockett from RCFP. Uh, they can be deterred or chilled from speaking because of a regulation or enforcement action, and that in itself is an actionable injury end quote. Uh, quote, Herridge argued that requiring journalists to be held in contempt before they can challenge court orders requiring them to hand over source information is incongruent with the way that courts think about First Amendment harms, end quote. Um, also, she continues, we, uh, quote, we 
agree that journalists should not be forced to subject themselves to a contempt citation in order to challenge a court order to turn over source information, end quote. Press freedom groups like FPF and RCFP have unequivocally opposed the subpoena against Herridge, yet Cooper questioned the notion that forcing Herridge to reveal her source would do irreparable damage to freedom of the press. As Cooper previously summarized, this case stems from Chen, who was a naturalized U.S. citizen. She was the founder of the University of Management and Technology, uh, an institution that, quote, attracted a substantial number of military service members who attended with tuition assistance from the Department of Defense, end quote. The FBI targeted Chen in 2010 after agents became concerned about statements that, quote, she made on certain immigration forms about her work in China in the 1980s. Um, End quote. Search warrants were uh, executed by the FBI at Chen's home and her office at UMT. Materials were seized, but prosecutors later indicated in 2016 that no charges would be filed. Uh, in 2017, Fox News aired several television segments and published multiple articles that, quote, focused on Chen's alleged ties to the Chinese military and former role as a colonel in the People People's Liberation Army, end quote. Um, Harridge also authored an exclusive report headlined, quote, Fox News Investigation DOD Funded School at Center of Federal Pro over suspected Chinese military ties, end quote. Um, so basically, they, I mean, she's doing these stories um, and is given information from a source uh, that is obviously damaging to uh, Chen and doesn't, as a journalist, you are not supposed to burn your sources. That is journalism 101. I mean, I think they, uh, which, listen, if you want to be a journalist, don't go to J school. You're just going to learn how to be a propagandist there. But in J school, that is literally taught, I think, on day one. There's no question about it. So um, uh, I think that uh, this is, to me, this is just terrifying because I think it sets a really dangerous precedent the way that they are, that they have been effective in um, in going after Catherine Harridge here. Again, this is not some independent journalist. It's not Kevin Gastola from The Dissenter. It's not Max Blumenthal from The Gray Zone. It's not, you know, um, you know, my friend Fiorella. It's not, it's not some independent journalist. This is a mainstream journalist. This is a Fox News journalist. And that's what I mean when I was talking earlier about the um, the ways that they have uh, kind of escalated these attacks on press freedom. And we're seeing it play out in real time. And that's why it's very frustrating to me to watch, um, you know, these people who are rightfully angry about what's happening to Catherine Harridge. You should be angry. They're rightfully angry about what's happening to Steve Baker. You should be. It's insane that a journalist was led away in handcuffs today for doing journalism. But again, if you're angry about that, you should have been speaking up in defense of Julian Assange for over a decade. Uh, this is not new. This the, These attacks on journalism are not new. This is something that has been playing out uh, for some time. So um, it's just very, it, again, it's very frustrating to me because it didn't have to get to this point if we had just stood up for journalism when it initially became under attack, um, which really didn't even start with Assange. This this has been happening since long before Julian Assange, but certainly the Assange case was a dramatic escalation and really um, kicked things into a higher gear, I think. Um, and um, that's that it's just it's it's incredibly frustrating to watch this play out. Steve Baker should not be in jail right now. Catherine Harris should not be facing $800 a day for not revealing her sources. None of these things should be happening. But I can guarantee you we're going to see more things like this happen um, and worse. <laughs> as time goes on. Um, and it's because we did not stand up and fight back when it came for Julian Assange. So um, uh, that's why it's very frustrating for me to see uh, the MAGA supporters um, freaking out over this again, rightfully so. But where have you been? Why are you not holding Trump to account? Why are you not calling him out? And, 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 like Tucker Carlson, 
claims to support Julian Assange was sitting directly across from Donald J. Trump for a whole interview, didn't ask a single question about it. And you have to wonder why. So uh, just very frustrating. And everybody should go and support Steve Baker and Catherine Harridge. You should tweet about this. You should uh, express your outrage. You should call the Department of Justice. You should call the White House. You should make a ton of noise about this. But while you're doing that, you should also be making noise about Assange. That's all I'm saying. I know I got a little preachy there. I'm sorry. Um, Okay, we're going to take a quick break and get headlines. Hang tight. We'll be back here on today's News Talk. Now, where trusted newscasters deliver the day's news at the same reliable time. TNT Radio News. That sounds awesome. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. The U.S. Supreme Court has decided to review whether former President Donald Trump has legal immunity in a case accusing him of interfering in the 2020 presidential election. In a significant speech to the Federal Assembly, Russian President Vladimir Putin accused the West of attempting to transform Russia into a dependent and failing state. Several Republican senators in the United States have suggested that Ukraine should consider negotiating with Russia. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk this is TNT Radio. All right, we are just hanging out today. It's Friday. I'm very excited that it's Friday. Uh, I think I'm going to take a break from social media um, this weekend. I highly encourage uh, people to do that on occasion, especially um, I know we've been talking about the uh, the insanity of watching a genocide be live streamed in real time. It's a lot to take in. For example, I was just uh, uh, scrolling through Twitter earlier today and I happened to come across another uh, photo image of an infant, like a really newborn infant who uh, starved to death uh, again. Um, and we just saw the ridiculous, I think they're calling it the flower massacre. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday with Keith McHenry. Um, watching that kind of stuff is overwhelming. And I, we've been so bombarded with it over the past, I don't know, however long it's been. It feels like time doesn't even make sense uh, right now. But um, I think it's just, it's a lot to take in. Um, so I highly recommend everybody, if you can, take a break from social media. I'm going to, I think. Again, my kids have like 9,000 things scheduled. Um, so uh, I'll do what I can uh, uh, just to stay off of social media while I'm waiting for them to do their stuff. But um, uh, just to talk about the Israel-Palestine uh, uh, situation, um, George Galloway, who has been on the show, um, I am a big fan of his. I, I know there are some people that have issues with him. I don't agree with him on everything. I don't, I mean, I don't think that he's perfect. I think that um, there's certainly things that he and I uh, uh, differ on, no question about it. But he did, in fact, just win his election. Um, and I think it's Rochdale or Rochdale, Rochdale. I'm not sure how to say it. Um, but he uh, was standing for MP um, and he won by a significant margin. And he won by going out and telling people he was pretty much running for Gaza. And I think that that's uh, a really, really good sign. I think that we're seeing, and we've talked about this, there are millions of people in the street um, on a regular basis. Uh, there are still protests happening all over the world 
on a regular basis uh, in support of Gaza. Uh, we saw the way that David Miller, who we just spoke to recently, um, won his court case against Bristol University um, on the claims of anti-Semitism. Um, and so we're starting, We again, we, we're seeing those cracks. We're seeing the cracks in the armor of the Zionist agenda, which I think is... Um, it's good, but I don't think it's nearly enough. But I think that George Galloway's election, I think, is very significant because now Palestine has a voice in parliament. Um, and I think that that is obviously there are some people in uh, parliament in the UK who are already speaking in um, support of Gaza. George Galloway's very loud. <laughs> I don't mean that I'm very loud, but he I mean, I, what I mean by that is that he's not. Um, afraid or shy to speak on this issue. He's been doing it for a very long time. He is very bold in the way that he speaks about it. Um, so I think that that is a really significant shift uh, that is going to be taking place. He's And now he has, and he's already had a platform, right? He hosts the Mother of All Talk Shows. Fantastic show, by the way. If you aren't watching it, uh, you should definitely check it out. Um, uh, I think it's on Sundays and Wednesdays now. Um, I usually just watch on Sundays. Wednesdays are tough for me. But, uh, I mean, it's a great show. He has a lot of really interesting conversations with amazing people. Um, but he has done fantastic work over... Um, the entirety of his uh, of his career, of his life, really. I mean, he's been an on the on the ground activist for a very long time. I am concerned about him. I'm there. I think there was a video um, where he was attacked in 2011, maybe or 2014, on the streets um, by a guy who was wearing an IDF shirt. Um, uh, obviously he is despised by Zionists. There's no question about it. So I am concerned for his personal safety. Um, but, and hopefully he's got, uh, some security lined up, but you can tell the way that the establishment is freaking out by his election. I highly recommend going and checking out, first of all, uh, go check out the interview that George himself did with Sky News. But before you do that, uh, go and watch the um, uh, the little clip of Rishi Sunak, uh, who uh, <laughs> is freaking out. And is and I shouldn't laugh because he's freaking out to the point where he is now um, uh, actively engaged in looking at uh, criminalizing protests in support of Gaza. He wants to silence people who are supportive of Palestinians. Um, he mentioned George Galloway in that speech. Um, and that, I think, is very troubling. I think that it's, I mean, he he said that he thinks it's, um, uh, uh, I forget the words that he used, that it was um, very concerning or something to that uh, uh, to that degree. Um, Keir Starmer also, uh, <laughs> uh, he, he had some things to say as well. Um, he said, quote, Galloway only won because Labor didn't stand a candidate. I regret that we had to withdraw a candidate and apologize to voters in Rockdale. Um, but I took that decision. It was the right decision. And when I say I changed the Labor Party, I mean it. Yeah, for the worst, my guy. Uh, obviously, we will put a first class candidate, a unifier before the voters in Rockdale or uh, or the general election, end quote. Um, so George Galloway has the establishment over there shook. Um, and uh, that's not an, um, uh, an uncomfortable position for him or an unfamiliar position for him. He's been doing that. Uh, for a very long time. And so I'm very happy. Again, I have my disagreements with George Galloway, um, but I am incredibly happy that he won his election. Uh, and now uh, not just Palestinians, but also uh, George Galloway is a massive longtime friend and supporter of Julian Assange. 
Um, so both of those issues now have a voice in parliament. Um, both of those issues now have a massive platform. And again, George has always had a big platform. He's been at this game for a very long time. He's been a broadcaster, an activist, a politician for decades. Um, so he's always had a voice. He's always had a platform. But obviously, uh, in parliament, that offers a, an entirely different um, side of things for and a different uh, a different platform for him to approach these issues from. So I think that that's a really good sign. I think that the way that we are seeing this issue be put at the forefront, not just in the UK. I think that um, we've talked about it briefly here in the United States. We've seen polling come out. I think just in January, um, where people were expressing their. Uh, the importance that foreign policy is playing in the way that they are processing uh, the election season has risen, uh, I mean, just exponentially. I think that um, uh, for Republicans, it was up from uh, like double digit percent for both, for Democrats and Republicans. Uh, we've seen an increase. And as I've mentioned before, foreign policy, generally speaking, at least in this country, um, does not really grab people's attention in elections. And I understand why. I get it. Um, you know, bombs that are being dropped thousands of miles away on people you will never meet. Um, is a, it's a different thing than I cannot feed my kids or I can't pay my rent or whatever it is that you is impacting you domestically. And I get that. But I'm hopeful that people are starting to see uh, and connect the dots between the way uh, uh, the, the in how foreign policy directly impacts domestic policy because they are intertwined, they are interlinked. There's no question about it; they are one and the same. And so, I'm hopeful that that is the direction that we are heading in. I'm also hopeful that that um, interest in foreign policy that we saw in January in those polls doesn't wane by November because I think that there is certainly a risk of that, and there's also certainly a risk of people being fear mongered away from. Um, you know, sticking to their guns. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people who are right now in Michigan voting uncommitted instead of voting for Joe Biden. I think a lot of those people, unfortunately, are going to be fear-mongered into voting for Joe Biden or whoever the Democratic Party nominee happens to be um, come November. And that's unfortunate. It makes me sad. But um, I feel like if we can kind of try to uh, ca uh, capitalize on this momentum and uh, take advantage of the shift in focus and the way that people are ad addressing foreign policy, um, uh, we can we can make some we can make some things happen. And I think that that's a, a good thing. So uh, congratulations to George on his win. Hopefully he's able to make some noise. Hopefully he's going to make some noise in Parliament. There's no question about it. He already is. Uh, so I think that that's uh, certainly a, 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 that's a, a win for the good guys for sure. So um, all right, we're going to take another quick break. Hang tight. We're going to be back here on today's News Talk. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Well, the gals of The View were at it again, this time defending the Biden family dog, Commander, after it was revealed that the dog had been viciously attacking Secret Service agents for a long time. His name is Commander. The report found that there were at least... This is a lot. This is a lot. 24 <laughs> incidents of him biting folks. <laughs> Well, it makes you wonder, what did he see that nobody else saw? Yeah, right? Really, Whoopi? Well, she wasn't finished, and she wasn't the only one on the View panel to make a fool of herself. All you gotta do is look at him. Look, look at, at him. Can you show that picture again? Look at him. He's like, that's right. Yeah. I'm walking. Listen I'm walking here. Right. I'm walking here. Yeah. Woo, woo. Listen to his name, Commander. That's He's right. in charge. He's I'm a, a bite giant. He's a guard dog. <laughs> right. you know, that's, that's why woo, woo, I, I think people don't understand. 
you know, a lot of people just don't understand. Some things when it comes to dogs, it's just innate. It's part of their nature. Leave it to Sonny. Are you kidding us? Are you really kidding us? It's their nature? Whose dog goes around attacking people? Yours? Mine? Unbelievable. And if this had been Donald Trump as president and his family dog attacked Secret Service agents, harming them, hurting them, causing them to get stitches, and you know what? They'd be saying Donald Trump should lose his Secret Service protection. What a joke. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. She used to dance and dream of a better life, a brighter future. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, she dances for the world. Together, we give children in poverty a chance to set their sights high and achieve their dreams. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. When the world's endangered animals need help most, when their lives are at greatest risk, when they would otherwise be lost, the International Fund for Animal Welfare is there, taking action to rescue the animals we love, to protect them and their threatened natural habitats. But the danger to animals the world over is growing, and the need for your help has never been more urgent. On land, you'll help stop poachers from threatening and killing elephants and big cats for the illegal wildlife trade. In the oceans, you'll help rescue dolphins, whales, and seals from deadly hazards. And you'll help rescue, rehabilitate, and release vulnerable animals when disasters strike. Here at home and around the world, we can't do this work without you. See how you can help animals and people thrive together at joinifall.org. It's been said that when someone you love has Parkinson's, you have Parkinson's. The truth is, Parkinson's disease doesn't just affect the diagnosed. It affects everyone who supports and helps care for them. Worldwide, over 10 million people are living with Parkinson's, a neurological disease that affects movement. And with so many places to search for information, it can be difficult to know where to begin. The Parkinson's Foundation has answers. Answers for everyone in the fight. We can help you understand the disease, help you find expert care, give you tips for living a better life, share the latest research, help you find local support, and there's a free helpline you can call. Find your answers and join us in the fight against Parkinson's. To learn more, please go to parkinson.org or call 1-800-4PD-INFO. The Parkinson's Foundation. Better lives together. Our beautiful world is changing, withering, dying by the hands of those who don't value nature, even though we all depend on it for life itself. But there is hope. Together with caring friends, the Nature Conservancy can restore our lands, heal our waters, and save our wildlife with big solutions only nature can provide. But every day we lose more of the places we love, and we urgently need to save endangered lands, waters, and wild species. The actions we take today will determine the tomorrow we leave to our children and grandchildren. The water they drink, the air they breathe, the beauty they experience. 
To learn more about how you can help protect and conserve our beautiful world, visit nature.org today. Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right. Hey, it's Friday. I'm so excited. Okay. Um, I also wanted to talk to you guys about this flower massacre because uh so initially when this thing happened, there were some conflicting Israeli uh reports on this. So initially they admitted, yes, we fired on people. Then they tried to claim that there was a stampede of some kind, and that's how people got injured. Um, they actually released a uh video to the BBC um that uh <laughs> turns out they heavily altered and edited. Uh, and so that has come out today. Uh, that actually just came out a couple of hours ago. Um, so uh, here it says an investigation by the BBC finds out that Israel Israel's military lied about its involvement in the flower massacre in northern Gaza in the early hours of Thursday. The investigation points out that Israel released edited footage, footage concealing parts where BBC can prove gunfire was heard. So again, initially they tried to claim um, uh, that, uh, uh, let's bring my friend Reef Breeland and we're going to talk about this because um, again, it, if Israel's mouth is moving, they're lying. There's no question about it. So my pal Reef is here. We're going to talk about this. Uh, Reef, thanks for jumping in last minute here on the show. Um, uh, no so, problem. Okay, so this flower massacre thing, so gross, first of all. <laughs> yeah. One of the most disgusting war crimes I have ever seen committed um, to, first of all, be starving a population to the point of desperation the way that they have been. And in fact, we've now seen numerous babies and children who have uh, died of starvation. Um, but then to, uh, you know, uh, finally allow some aid in, this truck of flour or whatever. Um, and then uh, it feels very much like a trap brief. I'm not saying it was, but it feels yes. very much like a trap. Um, and so these people... Yeah. Uh, we're waiting for this aid overnight. Um, it came and then uh, they just shot a bunch of people. It's disgusting, Reef. I there there just really aren't even yeah. words. And now it turns out that they were lying about it as well. Big surprise, right? <clears throat> well, this is not the first time this has happened. Me and Colin covered this weeks ago that they did this before. You yep. know, flour spills on the ground. People go to pick it up out of the dirt, right? And they get shot at with missiles yep. and rifle fire. Like, this is, uh, you know, it's like a salt lick for deer. Th that's all I could think of this is, you know, this. I don't know how this isn't a war crime if it isn't. It is. You know? So, no question about it. Yeah. First of all, yeah. starving uh, people. Like, that's a war crime. That is yes. a war crime. In yes. Intentionally Siege starving warfare a population. in and of itself. Yes. War crime. Yeah. There's no doubt. But it seems as if. Uh, and I think you and I have talked about this before. It seems as if it doesn't matter. Israel um, can literally brag about and post video evidence for their numerous war crimes. Uh, and there's no accountability. Nobody cares. The ICC yeah. doesn't care. The ICJ doesn't care. Uh, the United States doesn't care. And in fact, um, they try to claim as, uh, uh, oh, they, they they get to make their own decisions. They, they, they just get to do whatever yeah. they want. It's insane, Reef. I mean, well, it feels like a that's trap. The thing, though. Since the ICJ like ruling... Yeah. Like, I feel like they've ramped up stuff. Mm -hmm. It feels like, you know, ICJ gave them a month to do carte blanche what they want to. So like, all right, well, let's get as much done in a month as we can, you know, before ICJ at least calls it a genocide. Then it's going to be another month of before anyone decides to do anything about it. So, yeah, I yes. I wish I knew where where the end is going to be. But, you know, if the world lets Israel do what it wants bad things are going to happen so already have i mean yeah 
already have. And in fact, yeah. we had um, uh, John Kirby was asked about this very specifically. Um, and he said, a reporter asked John Kirby why the U.S. believes Israel can do a good job investigating itself for killing Palestinians attempting to get food. Kirby said, quote, they're taking this seriously, end quote. The reporter then said, quote, is there a separate investigation, end quote. And Kirby said, quote, We've asked Israel to investigate, end quote. And oh, so I'm sure course. that that's fine. <laughs> yeah. What? Let's investigate like, ourselves. We'll find right? nothing wrong. Yeah. You know, so yes. par for the course for them. So yeah, it's so gross. And the way that it's covered, too, uh, is despicable. For example, oh. CNN called it a, quote, chaotic incident. It's chaotic this incident. Is, this is a clown. It's not stuff. like. A chaotic incident is you had one too many cups of coffee on your way home from work and you're yeah. not going to make it. That's a chaotic incident. This <laughs> is a genocidal act and a war crime. Yeah. That's what this a chaotic is. Incident you know? is, my, is my kid has a sleepover and there's like four 13 year old girls running around my house. That's a chaotic incident. <laughs> um, murdering, yeah. massacring hundreds of people who are desperately trying to get food to feed their families. That's not a chaotic incident. That is a massacre. I mean, this is that on is top a, of. Yes. On top of, I think in the same day, they ran over a person with a bulldozer. Yes. They've, uh, you know, made rude gestures with mannequins and women's lingerie that they've stolen yes. after, I assume, killing the women that were in that house. You know, so yeah. uh, despicable things on yeah. display for everyone to see. So, yes. uh, well, Caitlin Johnstone wrote an article about why they're doing that why they're putting this on display and she thinks it's like a twofold problem of well if you need people to hate israel making things to hate israel so that israelis think everyone hates them is effective so yeah. I, I i can't think of any other reason why they would let people put that out into the public so right it's certainly you know. not helping. But if they want to if they want to cry anti-Semitism, I think that that certainly helps to fuel that. But um, and you mentioned, uh, you know, the way that they've been uh, the lingerie and stuff like that, the things that they've been doing. That's not even we should get into the fact that they have been uh, Israelis, just Israelis, citizens, not IDF. Oh, I guess they're all I mean, if you're of age, you are essentially IDF. But yes. um, uh, they're holding protests to prevent aid from getting into Gaza. And at those protests, they're basically having like a festival, dance parties, bouncy houses. What, I mean, the yeah. depravity that it takes to stand on a, the other side of a wall, knowing that there are babies starving just feet away from you um, and have like bouncy houses and, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't understand, Reef. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. either. I it's, mean, I, I can't comprehend, so, you know, cupcakes and party games while you watch people get bombed and burned and whatever. I, I, I don't understand it either. Uh, you no. know, I don't know how they've managed to lose all empathy within themselves, but well, they've been it's sad. conditioned. They've been conditioned. Yeah. This has been um, a long time uh, coming. This has been a long, this is a lot of conditioning. This is a lot of propagandizing. This is, um, uh, I mean, it is just, it, it, you have to do that. They've had to be, um, the victim mentality has had to be implemented. They've had to be convinced that everybody's against them. They had to be convinced that this is their rightful place in the world. And that anybody that tries to take it from them as the enemy, like there's a whole lot of things that have been going yep. on. Um, and we've seen, this is and not, they still 
go ahead. Please. Oh, well, I was going to say that they, they, they're allowing them at the Olympics now. They, they want right. to kick Russians out. Right. But Israel, that's fine. That's, yeah. that's perfectly Genocide. okay for them to be there. That's yeah. fine. I mean, they've so, killed um, more people in just since October 7th than uh, have died total in the uh, over two years yeah. or yeah, over two years um, of the uh, special military operation in Ukraine uh, with Russia. But this is, listen, I, this is what I was going to say, is that this is not the first time that we've seen this kind of um, depravity from Israel. Um, for example, there's a town called Starot, um, which is kind of up on a hill that overlooks Gaza. And I think it was 2014, I believe. Max Blumenthal has reported on this. Okay. I think he wrote about it in his book as well. Yep. Um, they would like As well bring as the their- October 7th stuff. Yeah, they would bring. Yeah, we can talk about that too. But they would bring their lawn mm-hmm. chairs and like hang out, yeah. like it's a fireworks festival, and watch people be bombed. Like that's what we're dealing with yeah. here. But I'm glad you brought up um, Max Blumenthal's reporting on October seventh. I talked about this briefly yesterday. The Intercept needs to knock it off. Uh-huh. I mean, and this democracy is twice now. now. Yes. Well, everybody. Yeah. Um, uh, Emma mm-hmm. Vigland. Um, there's a whole host of people who are pretending like the Intercept is doing this amazing yeah. work, and all they've done is stole the work of um, the Gray Zone and Mondo Weiss and Electric Intifada um, and Brad yeah. Pierce, uh, and they're pretending yeah. like they have this breaking news. No, I had, for example, the Zaka story. I had Brad on mm-hmm. my show in November talking about yeah. that story. <laughs> And they're pretending like brand new information. It's ridiculous, Reeve. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like the New York Times recently uh, uh, allowed people to talk about CIA bases in Ukraine, like yeah. years late, you know? So yeah. I, I think that's similar kind of stuff where it's like, okay, we, we got to keep this story rolling. So we got to admit a little bit, you know? Yeah. So. I'm just so disgusted but, by Ryan Grimm and Jeremy Scahill, uh-huh. um, and I can't remember the other guy's yep. name. I'm sorry, uh, but to to take somebody else's work and rework it slightly, maybe add a little bit here and there, and then pretend as if it's your own is just so um, where there's no journalistic journalistic integrity in that at all. Like, what are you doing? Any credit? Yeah, none. Not even a mention. Yeah. Not even like a hey. Right. Uh, you know, Gray Zone did a story about this a couple months ago, or not even a mention that there was that, that there's been any reporting on these subject matters. And for those, mm-hmm. I know I talked about it on the show yesterday. For those people who are unaware, as I mentioned, uh, one of the stories that they've done recently was on the Zaka Rescue Group, um, which I had Brad Pierce on. He did a massive, absolutely massive article on. I mean, it's it's a forever long read. Highly recommend it though. It's very informative. Um, and then the other story is obviously, which I've praised Max and Aaron on uh, this show numerous times uh, for the uh, debunking that they did of the New York Times rape allegations, the mass rape allegations, um, because I gave them so much credit because it's that's a really difficult subject matter to take on, especially if you're two dudes um, to yeah. actively engage in debunking claims of rape and sexual assault. That's not easy to do. And they did it very well. Yeah. Um, and so the idea that The Intercept is just like glossing over the fact that this has already been done and pretending as if this is their work. It's just so gross. <laughs> it's just well, Especially when Kit Clarenberg still pushed off Twitter because of him yeah. pushing back on that story, you know? Yep. So uh, people took risks. These are two Jewish guys who who risk things to put this article out and push yeah. back these lies. And for them to just be 
not included at all in the conversation is uh, uh, disrespectful to say the least you yeah. know so yeah it's just sad you know that it that's is. where we're at in in independent media although the intercept clearly isn't independent anymore um well, haven't been for a know, long time long time billionaire even though they still try operated. to gaslight you yeah they do to you know deal with that so yeah they'll still you know, they'll still send you emails just, asking for money as if they're not owned <laughs> by a billionaire <laughs> billionaire right yeah please send us some money you know. to do this uh incredible reporting that we stole from somebody else it's just so vile um and this is know. not okay. the first time ryan's done something like this so no no it's know. not and ryan makes me especially mad this is a little bit of a tangent because he could be awesome he is he does yeah. have the jeremy scahill too he's done great reporting in the past i know that they mm -hmm. have it in them but they have chosen money over um uh, their character which is really just uh sad to see it's just very sad to see um yeah. so yeah that's okay listen we're almost out of time uh i want to make sure you can hype inn inn news all that stuff so tell everybody where they can find you yep well very easy go to indienews.network super easy you can find all the links to all the members and all the channels there we we make it super easy to do that but inn news on wednesdays go check out our youtube channel we've been doing it up there so as well as plenty of other people so Check yeah, us out. You and Colin, you know, you and Colin do a great show. Twitter. Yeah, at Rick Reeland on Twitter. You and Colin do a great show every Wednesday. So check out INN. And you guys know um, I love Indy. He helps me so much uh, just on this show. So uh, please go and show support. Uh, thanks for jumping in, jumping in last minute. I appreciate you as always. I'll be back next week with a whole new host of shows for you. So definitely tune in 5 p.m. Eastern right here on today's News Talk. And don't go anywhere. Timothy Shea's right after this. As Julian Assange says, learn, challenge, act now. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend on TNT Radio.